A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. The Hunger Games in Hungary. That's what we're going to call the latest episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. The 2015 Hungarian Grand Prix actually a case of which driver could navigate his way through the debris, the safety car periods, the restarts, the crashes and even the never-ending penalties to finally make it to the stop step of the podium. But before we proceed further, we also have an announcement to make like Sauber did. Okay. Yes, on Sauber's note, they learned their lesson from 2015 and realized that they better announce their drivers for 2016 before they are taken to court again. But coming back to the Inside Line F1 podcast, I have an announcement to make. I have Mithila Mehta with me who started off as the third host, so to say. But I am very glad, very proud, very happy to make the announcement that she is now being elevated to the status of being the number two host on the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Wow, that's amazing, Kunal. Finally, I have my own race seat. And you also remember what I told you about being the number two driver, right, Kunal? Well, we got a lot to talk about. No number two talk here. <laughs> number two talk is only for Kimi Raikkonen. But having said that, how was the race for you in Hungary? How was the Hungaro ring? My God, Kunal, just what an amazing race it was. I mean, till Vettel actually got past the checkered flag, I just wasn't sure who was going to win and whether the Mercedes drivers would be able to fight back, Kunal. Yes, you know, Lewis Hamilton, when he recovered from his opening lap spin, I had a feeling he really could have charged for victory. Although I'm not too sure if Rosberg wanted to win at all. <laughs> but what a classic drive from Vettel from start to finish. And believe it or not, in all of this, Red Bull Racing were thinking that they could have won too. But it wasn't only the race that was interesting, Kunal. I had so much fun during qualifying. Which, which part of qualifying? All of it, but specifically, Fernando Alonso. Did you see him push that McLaren, Kunal? Yes, I think we all saw him. We all felt for him. But you know what, Kunal? I think it was planned. Why would you say that? I think it was a super, super plug for their sponsor, Johnny Walker. Oh, you mean the keep walking? Keep walking, Fernando Alonso. You know, I wouldn't be surprised given McLaren's plight with title <laughs> sponsorship. Maybe this is their ploy to actually go and get Johnny Walker to become a title sponsor. It's a this, great idea. Yeah, this is after trying to not get Gillette on board. You remember we did that whole Gillette, McLaren, Honda big How deal? How can I forget? How can I forget? And you know, the funny bit even more was that while this was being played out on TV and while Alonso was pushing his uh, McLaren Honda that had come to a standstill along the pit lane. Okay, Kevin Magnussen was retweeting tweets that were, you know, fans telling him how they wanted him back in Formula 1, you know. <laughs> you know, the timing of his tweets is where the humor lied. I mean, Kevin was wanting to make a comeback in a McLaren Honda which was stuck on track and that was being pushed along by Fernando Alonso. Such a lol moment, Kunal. <laughs> now, you know, you know, if only McLaren's cars were reliable, but then they'd just be slow. Now, this was a classic tweet that came out by the fake Charlie Whiting. 
Kunal, it's time we applaud though. After all the fun we've poked at McLaren these past several episodes, finally they have their first double points finish. I mean, absolutely hats off. Alonso beat both the Mercedes drivers, which we wouldn't have even thought of in the last episode. And you know what? They actually scored equal points to Mercedes this entire race weekend. Yes, and you know, okay, we'll applaud Let's them again. Let's clap. Double clap for double points. We'll do that. Okay. But you know what? Somewhere, I can tell you, Ron Dennis heard our last podcast, which was probably your debut, which is the joke is on Ooh. McLaren. And, you know, got psychologically charged and said, guys, let's do this. <laughs> okay, maybe it was that. We can hope. It I'm was... sure it was that. Yes. It was also Alonso's second consecutive point scoring weekend. But let's move on. The race was actually the perfect setup of which Mercedes driver wouldn't win and hence which Ferrari or Red Bull driver would. Vettel, again, splendid job right from the start. 41 wins equaling Senna's record. And believe it or not, Despite so many victories, it was his first ever Hungarian Grand Prix win. But wow. jump not, this is not a Ferrari versus Mercedes battle yet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it was a great race, which relied a lot on crashing and incidents instead of relying on competition. Wow, you sound too much like a critic of the sport, Kunal. Are you sure you're a fan? <laughs> but Lewis Hamilton, you really got a feel for him, huh? So he had the chance to beat one of Michael Schumacher's records. That was so early in his career. All he needed to do was win Kunal and he would have scored the maximum wins for a Formula 1 driver at the Hungaro Ring. But what happened? Well, well, well. In my reading, and I think I'm really good at this, what I'm told. <laughs> okay. Hamilton is just bored of the competition or the lack of it. <laughs> Okay, and you know what? I know he's already focusing on next year's Wimbledon. And walked away. <laughs> but I must tell you, it was very gentlemanly of Hamilton to say a sorry to the team for a wretched race. Because he did have one, you know. A bad start. This was a third race in a row where he lost the lead. And he had a bad restart as well. Usually he's a master of these. He was blaming Rosberg for his spin and then he came together with Ricciardo. So not really the best day in the office for the world champion. You know what Toto Wolf called it? What did he call it? A crappy day. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm so surprised Nico Rosberg didn't crash into Daniel Ricciardo. Well, he... Um, no, well, I don't know if Ricciardo crashed into him or he crashed to the... Ask this. me why. Okay, why? What are you trying <laughs> to get at? Why? Why? Are you playing FIS tour? <laughs> because Nico Rosberg wanted to do exactly the same thing as Lewis Hamilton was doing in the race. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we now know his inspiration behind the medium tyres for his last stint. But since Hamilton couldn't be the king of Hungaro Ring, we are now offering that title to a listener of ours called Manit. He was one of those very few who managed to accurately pronounce and spell Magyar Nagadish. Are you sure that's how it's said? <laughs> I don't know. We probably just got to ask Manit to do that. Yeah. But on the Rosberg and Ricciardo bit, I can tell you Nico Rosberg will remember that clash with Ricciardo for the rest of his life. He could have led the World Drivers' Championship had he stayed put for the first time in 2015. Okay, he probably was the only driver who didn't seem hungry to win in Hungary. But Kunal, I don't understand. Why did Nico Rosberg not switch to the far quicker softs for his final stint? Do you think that was an error that the Mercedes team made? I am a little mixed about it, yes. 
and no. Firstly, I think he just wanted to copy what Hamilton was doing. I don't think he was <laughs> thinking during the race and I'm being serious this time. Right. Okay. The second part being that there were 28 laps remaining till the end. Maybe that would mean making Rosberg a bit of a sitting duck towards the end. It makes me wonder, Kunal, that maybe the key to a really good Grand Prix in 2015 is no Mercedes car on the podium. <laughs> and hey, guess what? This time we didn't even need to rely on the reins. Wow, so we're now, making progress. Now that is a keen observation. The other observation I'd like to share is that Ferrari got their target of two wins in 2015. However, both are by Sebastian Vettel. And what about Raikkonen? Well, Raikkonen's got the bad luck for the team in all the races up until now. At least he will claim so and so will you. Because I agree. <laughs> Terrible. But, but Ferrari could have probably expected a 1-2. They got phenomenal starts and like... LEGP on Twitter put it that the last time Ferrari 1-2 actually happened, Verstappen was probably 12 years old. <laughs> but do you think this uh, spate of bad luck will actually work against Raikkonen for 2016 when he fights for his race in safe? He's already fighting for it and I hope not. But you know, there is something very different about Raikkonen that I noticed in the week leading up to Hungary. He was really selling himself hard. You know, he said things like, I am the right man for the job. I have the speed and, you know, stuff that you usually don't hear the Iceman say. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I really think possibly he would be retained. This Ferrari are known to retain the drivers well past their sell-by date. Mm, mm, mm. Number two driver here. She's doing a good job on the podcast <laughs> anyway. But reference back to Jules Bianchi, since this was a tribute race of sorts by every single person, it was Bianchi who bumped Raikkonen out of Q1 in qualifying last year at the Hungarian Grand Prix. Wow. And also talking of replacements, Kunal, I have a very cool statistic to share with you. Which is? Right. So if you consider the laps led till Hungary, uh, Felipe mm-hmm. Massa is actually ahead of both Raikkonen and Bottas combined. So he's actually led more laps this year than both these drivers put together. Yeah, I think they should just go and hire him again, you know. But they will need to tell him where to start from. (laughs) He was all over the place at the starting grade in Hungary. You know what they should do? We should have a road to racetrack transfer in this case for Felipe Massa. We should have an onboard camera on his car, which tells him where the line is. You know, much like we have rear parking cameras <laughs> as well. But speaking of cameras, Kimi Raikkonen lost his camera too. But I was happy. At least his radio was intact, Kunal. <laughs> but you know, too late on the podcast, given the brilliant job that Red Bull Racing did, their drivers finished 1, to 3 and 4. So actually a brilliant advertisement for the Red Bull Young Driver Academy. I'm going to write about it. Please visit my blog to read about it as well. We had Kivat, Ricciardo, Verstappen, brilliant drives by all of them. And the beauty of it is that all of them had either a penalty or were involved in on-track incidents. But you know, in all of this, the biggest standout was the Red Bull racing car that Ricciardo was driving. It's built like a damn tank. He had three hits in the race, one with Hamilton, one with Rosberg, one with Bottas. And he still finished on the podium. But Kunal, I'm going to clap again. This time for Danny Kivat. What an amazing drive to his maiden podium. Kivat started 7th and despite a 10-second penalty, he had managed to finish on P2. And you know what? Kivat is also the second youngest driver ever on the podium after Sebastian Vettel. 
Pretty awesome, huh? Yes, yes. We'll applaud since you're applauding. A classic case of Red Bull gives you wings. Yes, but of course, you need to drive a Ferrari to get wings, you know. <laughs> Courtesy Jatin Sapro, he said this great thing. Red Bull gives you wings, but Ferrari gives you wins. So while I'm sure the fans have really enjoyed the Hungarian Grand Prix, there was a bunch of people who didn't quite enjoy Canal. Which was... The FIA stewards. They've had a really, really busy Grand Prix weekend. Yes, and I believe if my math is right, and I'm usually bad at math, I'm told, <laughs> we had one-fourth of the grid who had penalties during the race. There was Hamilton, there was Grosjean, there was Verstappen, there was Kivat, and of course there was Maldonado. I'm sure that's some sort of record. But Pastor Maldonado, I don't know how he does this. He tops the list, Kunal. He had three penalties in total. Three penalties in one race. And he got two penalty points on his super license. So, from what I remember reading, he is halfway to getting a race ban. And we are halfway through the 2015 season. I don't know if there's a correlation here. <laughs> I actually checked before the podcast if... Uh, Pastor had more penalty points on his license or championship points. And I'm guessing you were disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) It's still funny. But Kunal, this is just unbelievable. So Pastor Maldonado had a penalty for colliding, which is fine. Speeding in the pit lane, which is also okay, fine. And overtaking under the safety car period. But most unbelievably enough, he had a penalty for speeding in the pit lane while serving a penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Wait, wait, wait. So, I should think, I say that again? No, no. I think people should just go rewind and hear what Mithila said again because Maldonado seems to be on a world record of sorts. Maybe this seems to be his version of the Grand Chelem in Formula 1. And Kunal finally, like uh, Sebastian Vettel ended his race with a tribute and a heartfelt message to Jules Bianchi. We're going to end this episode expressing our extreme gratitude to the sports, the drivers and the fans for just putting together such a heartwarming tribute to Jules. All through the race weekend, it's just been beautiful. Yes, and a very touching gesture. Jules was actually on the grid in Hungary. We loved the start-finish graphic. Thank you very much. Jules, uh, we really wish you were racing in Hungary as well. And finally now, moving on to the August shutdown. Formula 1 takes a break to save money, save time, save effort. Let the mechanics be with their families. We will actually be taking a one-week break. We will be back in the week commencing the 11th of August with a brand new episode. Remember to like us, share us, review us. And listen to us. Yes, absolutely. And till then, keep racing. See you. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. Bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.